to discuss the real issues affecting Australia and New Zealand, this is Trad Tasman Talk, jointly produced by the Unshackled.net and the Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry Show. Now, here are Tim Wilms and Stephen Berry, live from Melbourne. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Trad Tasman Talk on this Friday, the 25th of March, 2022. I'm Tim Wilms, Editor-in-Chief of The Unshackled here in Melbourne, where we are starting later uh, this uh, week. It is 7 p.m. here. And I'm Stephen Berry, former host of the former Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry show, and columnist for the bfd.co.nz also here in melbourne and what's happened to the the mr barry mr barry show why did it uh, end suddenly you see, you were still introduced in the the introduction as the, the <laughs> we still go to the mr barry mr barry youtube channel as well we're finally back on the unshackled youtube channel uh finally yep yep well, I mean, as most of the Mr. Berry Show's regular viewers will know, I'm ADHD, and so it means that there's a certain amount of time in the day where I can be um, productive and practical, and uh, it's uh, just been a bit too difficult to maintain doing a regular show, especially uh, being sponsored by people, and um, uh, quite frankly, if I can't uh, maintain regular shows while people are giving me money. I don't think it's the right thing to do. So I'm just taking a break from it at the moment. May come back for special events, but we'll see. Uh, you can also become a contributor for the unshackled.net uh, as well, uh, as well as the, the BFD, because uh, we do still publish uh, articles from time to time, even though over the, the, the six years that uh, we've been operating with transitioned more from written to uh, visual and audio shows. Mm. That's good to know. I may, may just may just have a go at that. And so it's good to be back on the, the Unshackled YouTube uh, channel after, well, I think about three or four weeks off a, with uh, a second strike, so back down to, to one strike, so no longer one strike away from losing the, the channel. And uh, you're not that controversial, uh, Stephen. Uh, this episode should be fine. <laughs> I was just going to say, there was probably a good time for me to be unavailable for a few weeks if you're on two strikes. <laughs> well, you got suspended from Twitter a, a while yep. back, so you, you, you are reasonably bad. <laughs> And they still won't let me back on. I've, I've gone on to getter.com now, but it's just not quite the same. I've got a Getter account, but I've hardly got into it. Uh, Gab is still, I think, the the, the best alternate uh, platform. Uh, it's been around the, the longest and it's survived all of the, the deplatforming efforts. I, I promote uh, upcoming shows on, on Gab. Uh, as well as, of course, on on Telegram and Minds as well. Yeah, and I actually get abused for, by people from the right on Gab as well, so that's a bit of variety. Yeah, when you first became a, a contributor to Trad Tasman Talk, uh, at uh, the 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 audience, our audience here took it took a bit of time for them to to get used to you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty much just like my normal life. <laughs> uh, hello to all the the regulars back in the the chat. Thanks for waiting an, an extra hour because another reason why you're you're absent uh, as well is because, uh, well, your your what is that work schedule is all, all over yeah. the place. Yeah, yeah, it's it's extremely erratic, um, but it's. I've decided that maybe I should prioritise my job for a while because uh, I didn't do that for a few years and uh, it didn't really help me a lot. Uh, Naughty Designer says, why on earth would you still be in Melbourne? Uh, obviously, you migrated from Auckland to Melbourne. Was it nearly a year ago now? Yeah, it was in, uh, at the end of April last year. Um well, because it's very hard and expensive to move countries, and once was enough, I think. 
And uh, in, even though inflation is starting to get bad here in Australia, I noticed that the, the milk and, and bread and uh, other staples started to go up 30, 40 cents here. It's nothing compared to New Zealand. So you think $2.20 a litre uh, for petrol is bad? Try over $3 in New Zealand. Yep, and uh, Jacinda Ardern cut the tax by 25 cents about a week ago after all the uh, public pressure, but we know that that's, you know, that's only going to be a small reverse and the prices will go back up again anyway. Um, New Zealand's currently got 6% inflation and now Finance Minister Grant Robertson estimates that that could go up an extra 2.5% as a result of the sanctions on Russia, which I'm sure Russia haven't noticed, but um, uh, consumers in New Zealand will with further price rises. Um, Russia exports about 9% of New Zealand's uh, petroleum, uh, which makes them the third biggest supplier to New Zealand. So you can imagine what impact that's going to have on uh, gas prices. We've got the federal budget next Tuesday, uh, so that is the 29th of of March, if my uh, counting of the days is uh, correct, and it's widely suspected that on the, the following weekend, so not this weekend, but the weekend after the budget, is when Scott Morrison will go to the, the Governor-General and uh, call the election for a particular Saturday in May because uh, we are planning uh, to do, as as we always do at the Unshackled, a federal election night live stream. Uh, we used to do it for every uh, state and federal election, uh, but uh, we haven't done it for every state election over the past uh, year. Haven't didn't do one for the the WA state election, nor the Tasmanian state election, nor for the South Australian a st- state election which was held last Saturday and uh, as as uh, the, the the polls uh, were pointing to and as I widely suspected uh, the Labor state opposition under the leadership of Peter Malinowskis uh, romped at home uh, to- uh, toasting the marshmallow government of just one term and yeah state labor able to get back back into government after just one term in opposition after they were in power for uh 16 years they they're now forecast to win 27 of the the 47 lower house seats uh Stephen Marshall, the the outgoing premier, looks like retaining his seat of of Dunstan. Uh, what is probably not uh, certain now is the the upper house results. So, South Australia has a twenty two seat upper house. Eleven are elected for for eight years, uh, every every fixed four year term. So so far. The Labor Party has four, Liberals have four, Greens have one, and then the final one is probably between Labor, One Nation, Liberal Democrats, and Family First. I suspect that'll probably go to One Nation, but I I suppose South Australia is a very safe um, state for Labor anyway, so perhaps a Liberal government uh, federally won't be that bothered by this. On last week's show with with Dewey, I commented how the, uh, uh, the the South Australian state election it was sort of a reverse election with a socially progressive uh, Liberal premier in uh, Stephen Marshall and a socially conservative uh, Labor leader in Peter Malinowskis, which is uh, very rare uh, these days for a a, a state any Labor Party to allow a social conservative to, to be their, their leader. Normally they have to uh, basically uh, repent uh, their socially conservative views. Like I think Luke Foley in New South Wales had to do that when he was uh, opposition leader. Uh, so, uh, but uh, yeah, Peter, Peter Malinowskis, uh, he made it clear from his victory speech that he uh, basically want, he's going to govern from the centre. Wants to be pro pro business. Uh, does a, he does it? He's not going to place a, a nasty type of uh, partisan politics like Dan Andrews does here 
in Victoria. And uh, just today, he announced that uh, South Australia would be finally uh, going to the uh, the, the national uh, close contact and isolation rules. So uh, isolation will go from 14 days to seven days and uh, close contact, you'll only be classified a close, close contact after spending more than four hours with somebody rather than 15 uh, minutes. And uh, also oh, right. uh, he said that all going well, uh, no more indoor masks from April 14th. Yeah, well, God, the indoor masks are, are an absolute bastard of a thing. And I really wish we could just finally get over that final um, speed bump and get rid of them. Well, it's um, the, the, in retail, the, all the customers don't need to wear one, but, but um, the staff do. It's just yeah, yeah. The, 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 the plebs, uh, the the subservient class, uh, they have to. Uh, we're yeah. aware of them, but uh, the 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 customers uh, do, uh, don't have to. I call it the the Emmys rule. We'll probably see at the Oscars next week. Uh, obviously, all the the stars will be on masks. We'll see if there's some camouflage masked uh, s- uh, servants, uh, waiters, and waitress in in uh, <laughs> masks. Well, see, even tram drivers. Don't, uh, most tram drivers in Melbourne, I see, aren't wearing masks. Um, and I largely don't bother unless I really, really have to. Well, apparently, uh, Dan Andrews sneakily sort of increased the, the fine for uh, mass non-compliance on public transport, that if it goes to court, you can get some ridiculous fine like 3600 But apparently that would only happen if you're like a repeat, uh, uh, repeat offender. Yeah, yeah. So always carry one in your pocket just in case the inspectors come on board. Um, there is a bit more. Well, you get the impression that there's a bit more focus on it as they've updated the signage and you're getting random messages while you're sitting on the bus, which aren't please and thank you. They're just, you must wear a mask and that's the end of the message. Um, but in terms of mask compliance, it seems to be uh, worse than it's ever been. Um, you know, sometimes I can see about half the people on the tram not wearing a mask. Good and, for them. And what's the the, the patronage like? Uh, because there's there's been all this uh, what is it f- uh, focus on getting people back to the the CBD uh, offices. Apparently, this is uh, this is a huge uh, issue and. Uh, and so one of the, the measures is the, the public transport uh, c- capacity. Uh, w- will uh, will the, the people lobbying uh, for everyone to return to the CBD, will they be satisfied when everyone's back to sardines again? Well, if I'm travelling at peak time, it does seem to be a lot more crowded than before. So I don't know whether it's got the capacity uh, for when everyone returns or not. Um, but, you know, the Melbourne's uh, public transport system is pretty good. And I know people will probably be booing me right now, but they haven't tried to um, survive on public transport in Auckland. So it's just a black and white. There's no comparison. Well, I'll never take public transport while the, the mask mandate uh, is in place. I'm not playing any more of the the mask games where... I don't need to. I'd still rather pay the the two dollars per liter petrol than than have to deal with that. All of the state and territories uh, they at least still have masks on uh, public transport, aged care, uh, and uh, hospitals, and as well as in uh, airports as well. Mm. Uh, we had uh, though today Greg Hunt announced that uh, pre pre flight pre flight uh, departure. COVID tests will no longer uh, be mandatory, but still the the the, the, the double vax uh, rules to, to get in into the country will will still apply. So it's not quite uh, Greg Hunt uh, today. He he basically uh, touted it touted it as uh, what was his his words today that uh, a, 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 
that uh, a, he will be not not be renewing the biosecurity emergency uh, determination, and he said that's based on uh, health health advice. And he said, uh, uh, I, "I'm very happy to do that. It's about normalising Australia." But uh, if so, it's from April April 17. So there's still another couple three weeks of this uh, fast to go. But further down, not, it's called non-emergency provisions will continue, which is the double vaccination for entry and exit so yeah it looks like new zealand might beat australia in, in the freedom stakes in that sense because um prime minister jacinda ardern's announced that unvaccinated uh, uh people will be allowed into the country from about uh mid-april uh, yes. and, and the mandates on vaccination will be gone as well even though uh, New Zealand is still recording roughly 20,000 new uh, cases uh, per day, uh, it's not because she's not announcing the, the relaxation in, in the, uh, uh, the, the VAX mandates, uh, passports and, and gathering limits because of a... It's more to do with the flattening curve of her poll numbers. That's, that's always what <laughs> it's the, the political science. And so this is from... Uh, the the XYZ headline Ardern Caves New, uh, New Zealand lifts most uh, vaccine mandates. Uh, uh, they they call yeah, her a transitional prime minister. I don't is, know that, right? Yeah, polling is very volatile in New Zealand at the moment. Um, but the One News poll and the Roy Morgan poll uh, at the start of March, um, those were the first two polls since February 2020 in which National has recorded a higher level of support than Labour. Uh, it's only marginal, of course, but um, we're now at the stage where the Māori Party is polling to hold the balance of power with two or three seats, and National Act combined versus Labour Greens combined are both on about 58, 59 seats. Uh, though Jacinta is going to keep indoor uh, masks. So even though she's uh, relaxing the, the gathering limits, there'll be no outdoor gathering limits uh, anymore and Vax passports will be gone in uh, a week and a half. The, the country will still be at alert level red. So yeah, yeah. so what do you call it? Just light, light red now? What will the new orange, orange be? Like, <laughs> Well, uh, Orange will probably be allowed to dance in bars, whereas now the indoor limit's gone up to 200 people, but there's still no dancing. Because uh, you're getting down to, before Omicron, about eight new cases per day, but uh, Jacinta wouldn't let uh, any region of New Zealand go belong Orange. So what's the... Uh, what's the criteria for having everywhere green? It's just basically you should just... Well, it's like our government here in uh, Victoria. Just make it up as you go along. What's going to be the their trigger point for uh, getting rid of masks, uh, uh, retail and hospitality workers and older primary school students? It'll probably just be when uh, they, 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 there's a, enough dislike of them. <laughs> That's yeah, a, that's it'll, it'll just be another poll result, and then a week later, we they they'll um, liberalise it. Theoretically, the um, traffic light um, ratings are meant to depend on the um, forecast impact on the public health system. Uh, so, if they suspect that the public health system is about to be overwhelmed, um, that's justification for keeping it at red. And then, when that's when they're not concerned about that anymore, they'll reduce it down. But of course, it's just crap. It's poll-driven crap. Uh, we've still got the the Vax passports here uh, in uh, Victoria. Uh, Dan Andrews, like the the master, says they they won't be forever. Uh, that's that's always the the reassurance uh, that uh, he gives. But. Uh, well, he's also said, you know, winter will be will be very challenging, and uh, there's a lot of uh, concern about uh, what is that flu coming back as well. And apparently, there's a super cold uh, now because, well, a there there was uh, last early autumn a a huge uh, a huge prevalence of RSV because, well, a People's immune system had been weakened from masks, social distancing, uh, being inside, weren't getting that natural immunity from vitamin D and, and rolling out in the fields and kids weren't getting their 
uh, 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 doses of, of dirt, outside dirt to, to help build up their uh, germ resistance. So, And we've been so busy getting naturally immune to COVID that we've completely missed uh, any sort of influenza for a couple of years. So now this one will smash us. <laughs> Around this time last year, I got a really bad, what is it, uh, nasal uh, cold. Like I was just like my, yeah, yeah, felt like there was a huge blockage and I was just using tissues all the time. It wasn't COVID, um, but yeah, it, 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 it's, it still sucked. Yeah, and I've had the flu twice in the last six months, but I still can't catch COVID. Mm. And of course, there's no legally binding isolation requirement if you've got a cold or a flu. It's only if it's it's COVID that uh, there's that uh, isolation for for seven days. Uh, we had uh, the vaccine advisory body Atagi today recommend a fourth uh, dose uh, for those o aged over 65 and other people who are disabled or. Uh, immunocompromised, so they recommend getting your fourth dose or second booster four months after your first booster or a third uh, dose. Yeah, and um, uh, Ashley Bloomfield in New Zealand, who's the Director General of Health, has also just started mentioning um, the uh, fourth shot as well. But I think people have um, probably just... Uh, what do you call it? Just, well, they've just become tired of uh, the constant COVID messaging and they're switching off. Um, and we can see that through uh, the protest actions, etc., from anti-vaccine uh, anti mandate organisations, which, which while they still have the weird and wacky members in them, um, and those are now a small part of those movements as opposed to being the entire movement, say, two years ago. And apparently, uh, old older Australians were able to get both the the flu and their fourth COVID dose at the, the same time. I don't know how that's going to work. Whether there'll be like it'll be sort of be a, I've only seen them in memes. They're the multi uh, injection in in injections at the same time. Well, even someone who's pro vaccine as I am and as most people are. Uh, sure to feel a little bit uncomfortable at, at um, the prospect of uh, vulnerable people having multiple vaccinations at the same time. Have you had the booster? Nah, I'm not going to. I don't, uh, not unless it gets mandated, but no, nah, I'm not interested. Uh, because uh, the existing vaccines, no matter how many uh, doses uh, you have, you can still catch and transmit uh, COVID. Uh, now there's uh, talk about uh, second generation uh, COVID vaccines, well, which uh, they're, they're hoping will be what are termed sterilizing vaccines, which basically means that uh, you, ca you can't either get it or transmit it, like how the original vaccines were, were, were sold. So... I, it's sort of like, I guess, uh, video game consoles, you know, how there was the second generations, uh, PlayStations, Xbox, Seegers, it's going to be like COVID vaccines as well. So there's a, a couple under development. Uh, there's uh, one by the Doherty Institute in Melbourne and one by Monash uh, University. So it's a, a second jab, pardon the pun, at uh, making a, a homegrown uh uh, va uh, vaccine because the the original uh, COVID vaccine that was in development in Australia at the University of Queensland the trial was abandoned because it led to false uh, HIV uh, positives because in the in the vaccine they used a HIV clamp and so they they figured out that yeah uh, it's not going to instill confidence if uh, even if it's a false positive people are not going to take a vaccine uh, which uh, it shows up as a test positive for HIV. <laughs> so, I mean, COVID's got um, HIV uh, spike proteins in it anyway, doesn't it? Uh, no. Um, but I, I, I think you read some of the, what is it, VADE stories. Uh, mm. uh, some of the, the anti-vaxxers invented this new, uh, this new uh, AIDS syndrome, VADE's Vaccine Acquired Immune Dis uh, Deficiency Syndrome. There could oh, be, right, uh, right. there could be, uh, what is it, I was talking about before about weakened immunity because of masks. There might be maids uh, masking acquired immune de deficiency <laughs> syndrome. 
Yeah, well, yep. when you consider that you probably wear this, the same one all day, or the one people who have the cloth ones probably wear them for several days without washing them. Um, I'm just speculating on the fact that uh, so many people I see on a regular basis always have the same mask. Um, there's got to be some horrid build-up in there that you're putting yourself at risk of. Well, it seems it seems like maybe I've fallen for some misinformation um, in terms of. Uh, the um, speculation about the HIV content in COVID. Uh, but let's be glad that the federal government's um, now um, pitching a new misinformation law to protect me from that. XYZ.net uh, reported that the federal government has pledged to introduce new laws to help reduce the spread of harmful content on social media. Um, as the world's most powerful tech companies try to combat the the uh, misinformation and disinformation about the coronavirus pandemic and the war in the Ukraine online. Uh, so, yes, uh, again, XYZ, a Dave Huscock, he always uh, has the, like the, 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 the facts first, Australian government draft laws to combat misinformation and disinformation, and then uh, at the end has some poorly labelled satire offenders face a death penalty. Uh, so... Uh, what it what it is so uh, it it'll uh, give uh, tech companies uh, well it, the the word is to uh, uh, empower uh, them uh, empower the Australia's media watchdog to uh, shoot misinformation uh, sp sp spreaders and uh, plus the owners of tech companies who may able to meet the standards. So under the code, misinformation is defined as false or misleading information is likely to cause harm, uh, while disinformation is false or misleading that uh, contradicts the narrative regarding, yes, uh, I won't mention that. Uh, so they're going to be introduced to parliament later this year after the election. So I, it'll make it easier for governments to assess the affecting effectiveness of self-regulation help the government decide whether a compulsory code of practice needs to be introduced uh, to tackle the issue all right so you managed to get the accurate parts out of there because i kind of tripped over the headline <laughs> but yes anyway, it's, it's basically <laughs> Yeah. And uh, the Australian government has that they've been doing this sort of nudge, uh, nudge type of uh, regulatory threats to social media since uh, the the Christchurch uh, massacre when uh, they uh, they said to, to Facebook, you know, clean up your act, otherwise we're going to introduce all of these. Uh, uh, new laws and regulations and make things difficult for you. The US government does the same. So when Facebook and Twitter censor, censor people for, for misinformation, like the, the Babylon Bee, uh, it's not just a private company making a decision. There's the nudging from government and their authorities. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, strictly speaking, it's not. it shouldn't be a free speech issue. It should be a property rights issue. Um, but unfortunately, the pressure of politicians from the outside is um, resulting in these compromises of free speech on the big tech sites. Um, if, if, if Facebook actually decided of its own free will that it wanted to manage uh, people's comments in that way, well, I would say, yeah, that, that's their platform. So if you don't like it, start your own. But um, they're only doing it because of political pressure from politicians. Uh, that's why I call it nudge uh, regulation. It's not. It's not. Uh, uh, government is like it said. Uh, they're they're using direct laws. It's just the 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 threats that yeah uh, yeah they're well, saying down on this uh, control we'll this or we'll make you control it. Uh, it's a bit like the supermarket duopoly in New Zealand where. Um, the Commerce Commission has um, put out allegations about so-called supplier mistreatment, which is really just um, also trying to make groceries cheaper for consumers. Um, stop behaving like this or we'll pass regulation, so you have to. Now, opposition leader Anthony Albanese had a, a difficult uh, week uh, uh, trying to uh, try and uh, defuse the the Labor uh, Mean Girls uh, scandal, where after the uh, tragic uh, sudden death of uh, Labor 
centrist Senator Kimberly Kitching at the age of 52 of a suspected heart attack. I, it's uh, come out that uh, Kimberly uh, referred to the uh, Labor Labor Senate uh, leadership team, which is all female, which is Penny Wong, Christina Keneally, and Katie Gallagher as the the Mean Girls. And Elbow said, "There's there's going to be no inquiry because I never got a a complaint." Okay, well, I guess that makes sense. Though it doesn't give him a very good platform for preaching about the morality of anyone in any other political party. It's a bit like um, the Labour Party youth camp um, sexual assault allegations several years ago, where we just never quite heard the yes. conclusions of them. Yes, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Kathy Sheriff, uh, she uh, uh, still. Uh, uh, still accuses Bill Shorten of sexually assaulting her at a Labor youth youth camp back in the 80s. The Victoria Police said there was no case to answer, but Cathy uh, uh, Sheriff announced uh, this week uh, that she um, is looking at launching a civil action against uh, uh, Bill Shorten. But yes, it's uh, it's uh, both of these uh, 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 both of these. Uh, allegations against the the labor party they they sort of wash away while of course uh, christian the allegations against christian porter uh they've seen him uh, want to quit politics and uh alan tudge has uh, he's recontesting but he's on the the, the backbench now and of course uh, scott morrison still uh, con- uh constantly uh, gets accused of of covering up the alleged rape of uh uh, Brittany Higgins by uh, by a another liberal staffer, Bruce Lehman, who denies uh, the rape allegations and has pled not guilty, and it now has to go before the court. Uh, there is it's it's and this is another thing. It's okay for uh, if uh, uh, to be uh, judge and jury when it's against a uh, when it's against a a liberal. Uh, it's an allegation against the liberal uh, side. Yeah, I mean, it's what happened to um, innocent until proven guilty, um, getting put onto the back bench due to allegations that may not be true still is quite a huge cost to uh, the person being accused of them. Um, they may get reinstated once if they're found to be innocent, but they, they've still already paid a huge price. Uh, Christina Keneally, she's uh, uh, parachuting herself to the lower house uh, in this uh, uh, federal election since she couldn't get number one spot on the, the Labor Senate uh, ticket. Uh, so, uh, well, she's literally uh, parachuting herself all the way from uh, Scotland Island on Sydney Northern's northern beaches to the southwestern Sydney seat of, of Fowler, where she nudged uh, out of the way the uh, the, the, the preferred uh, local Labor uh, candidate, a lawyer, uh, Tu Lee. And uh, uh, so uh, this, uh, this, uh, this uh, white woman uh, has nudged out a, a migrant, uh, uh, migrant lawyer and... Uh, uh, this uh, this move was criticised by a uh, uh, Egyptian well uh, Egyptian Australian Labor MP uh, Anne Ali uh, so, and I've got the the quote here that uh, she she famously said here. I can't find it. It was basically that uh, to show they they're interested in uh, you know multicultural diversity. They uh, labor labor candidates do need to do a bit more than just uh, eat eat uh, uh, other cultures' food. <laughs> and now this week we have a another uh, Labor Party elite, uh, Andrew uh, Charlton who was former economics advisor to Kevin Rudd, lives in uh, Bellevue Hill, an elite suburb of uh, Sydney, now going to be parachuted in uh, to the multicultural marginal seat of, of, of Parramatta. Uh, so 
again, a it's it's there's always an attempt to to brush it aside when there's a uh, when there's an accusation of uh, structural racism or misogyny, whatever it is, against the left side of politics. Yeah, well, um, I mean, just skimming over that issue, it's, he's obviously incredibly experienced and educated and um, probably would be a much uh, stronger MP than the person who's apparently getting booted out for it. Um, but uh, this has been happening in uh, major political parties for decades anyway. Um, if the uh, head office has a favoured candidate, they find a seat for them. Yeah, and uh, in the Victorian Labour Party, it's been taken over by the, the National Party. So there are no uh, branch uh, pre-selections because of the, the branch stacking allegations uh, make it seem, uh, would make a grassroots ballot seem illegitimate. So it's just best for the uh, federal executive to choose all the, the candidates. That's much more democratic. <laughs> Yeah, that that's even worse. Now, on a on a more serious uh, uh, geopolitical matter, uh, there is a draft secret uh, agreement between the the Solomon Islands in the uh, uh, Pacific Ocean and uh, People's Republic of China, which would allow uh, Chinese military forces to be stationed on the uh, Pacific Nation, and they would also be allowed to do uh, military exercises uh, there. And uh, uh, this uh, obviously the, 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 the Chinese for, for many years in the Pacific region have been engaged in is what uh, New Zealand's former a Deputy Prime Minister and Foreign Minister Winston Peters said, checkbook uh, diplomacy. Uh, and now I know foreign aid is, it's never been popular uh, in Australia, but it can sort of be justified in a in a strategic geopolitical uh, sense. Yeah, I find that, uh, that a pretty tricky issue because um, generally I'm opposed to foreign aid as well. It gets taken from poor people in rich countries and given to rich people in poor countries. Um, the Solomon Islands move is really bizarre, actually. Um, in 2019, they had mass riots in, in the capital as a result of was just uh, no longer recognising Taiwan um, and moving closer to China. And it was their traditional um, supporters, such as Australia and New Zealand, who sent in uh, troops to um, quell the riots. So you got to wonder what the hell they're thinking. And it's almost inevitable that China's pumping some money in there for whatever reason. And uh, we also had uh, this week in the the, the uh, more immediate uh, Pacific region, uh, mainly the, the, the Tasman Sea, uh, Australia and New Zealand agreed to a refugee uh, resettlement. So New Zealand will take uh, 450 uh, refugees who attempted to arrive to Australia uh, by boat to resettle in New Zealand, uh, so this uh, this had always been uh, rebuffed by the the, the coalition government. Uh, this New Zealand offer, uh, New Zealand offer, because uh, they didn't want a, a backdoor uh, for these refugees to settle in Australia, because that was always the vow. If you try to come to Australia uh, illegally, uh, you'll uh, never make it to the Australian mainland. Uh, but uh, yeah. It's... If the refugees become New Zealand citizens, then they can uh, just move to Australia, just like I have. Um, you, and you... it also now that now that um, you know it's a real disincentive to even try um, illegally moving to Australia before, because there was absolutely no chance of redemption um, for doing so. Uh, now the chance of being taken to New Zealand um, afterwards is probably going to increase um, attempts to enter Australia illegally. And um, for Jackie Lambie to claim that she's had some sort of impact in making this happen, she's a crazy bitch. I wouldn't listen to anything she says. Oh, she, yeah, she always likes to uh, make herself out to be the, the hero uh, that she, she does an honourable 
uh, honourable uh, deal. She said that oh, she was even threatened with, what is it, uh, with uh, jail if she revealed the uh, this uh, secret deal. That's just absolutely stupid. Um, it would have been known eventually that some deal had been made. Um, you know how they say empty vessels make the biggest noise. I mean, the the uh, probably the worst thing for Jackie Lambie's image is every time she opens her mouth because she just looks like an idiot. Well, she's not up for uh, re-election to the the Senate uh, this uh, federal election. She's got another three years on her uh, Senate term. Uh, one uh, minor political party that uh, would like to get back into the Senate is, well, your political party, the Liberal Democrats, though they're not allowed to be called the, the, the Liberal Democrats uh, going forward because... Uh, the uh, Morrison government passed new legislation to protect uh, 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 protect well, basically the Liberal Party because it was registered first from subsequently registered parties that also have the term liberal in it. And uh, so the, the, the High Court interpreting this new legislation uh, uh, ruled that Liberal Democrats have to uh, change their name. Yeah, um, uh, Australian courts don't tend to have a history of over uh, overruling uh, laws passed by the government, even though this one is clearly um, a really dangerous attack on freedom of speech and uh, the sanctity of political opinion um, from a party that isn't even particularly liberal, um, com especially compared to the Liberal Democrats. Um, it's also going to impact um, a new left-wing party that called itself the New Liberals, which is really weird because neoliberals are meant to be well, like me. Um, and there's also a, a, there's a Labour Democrats or Democratic, Democratic Labour, Party. Labour Party. though They've been around since the 1950s, uh, Liberal Democrats formed in, in 2000, 2001 quite recently. And there's always been an argument that because the Democratic Labour Party has Democratic before Labour, that it's not as confusing as the Liberal Democrats. Does the Democratic Labour Party currently have any senators? or They, they did uh, get a senator at the 2013 federal election and also at the 2006 Victorian state uh, election. Uh, but okay, that was so they're to, uh, now those, at risk of having to change their name. And it's, I'm I'm not sure about uh, their status at the moment, but they are spelt differently. They've got uh, the they put the U back in Labour. That was one of their slogans. <laughs> they spell yeah. it properly. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that was oh, their. Funny. They'll probably get away with it. Maybe. Uh, so uh, uh, they used in the the ABC in their, their news article, a uh, uh, photo of Campbell Newman, the former LNP Queensland Premier, is now the Lib Dems uh, uh, lead Queensland Senate candidate. So they're going to change their name to the Liberty and Democracy Party so they can still be called the, the Lib Dems for abbreviation. A uh, former uh, uh, Liberal Party reform uh, activist John Ruddick is the the uh, Lib Dems New South Wales lead Senate candidate, and in Victoria, uh, David Limbrick is uh, attempting to uh, go federal as the lead candidate uh, there. But uh, just before uh, the, the the federal election is uh, due to be called, uh, the well the the former. Um, uh, oh, one of the, the, the former admin uh, managers for the Liberal Democrats uh, resigned, uh, re resigned with an email blast to the, the party's, well, 42,000 membership list. See, I think, in a sense, this is almost good news because now uh, the Liberal Democrats with 42,000 members, I never uh, imagined um, the party had that much support. Uh, but yeah, I got I got this email in my inbox um, as well. Uh, she does a lot of complaining about having to work long hours for not much money, and I'm just going, "What? You actually got paid?" Um, yeah. I, I 
put in a huge amount of work for the ACT Party and it never even occurred to me to get paid for it. Um, I think I probably used about two years' worth of annual leave each time I stood for election. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a surprise. They must be doing well if they can afford to have paid staff as well because um, I had the impression that up until recently it was a very minor party. Um, she's also claiming that the party's doing badly with women. Look, every single uh, right-wing party or um, party accused of being right-wing, conservative, libertarian, whatever, uh, always does badly with women. Uh, if you have a look at the Roy Morgan poll in New Zealand, um, if you take out women voters, uh, National and ACT have a large majority of parliament, every single poll. And I guess it's just that, you know, women are too emotional and not that smart. So I don't know if there's anything that can be done about that. Well, it's always, I'm not a Liberal Democrats candidate. It certainly is a, a common theme that uh, when a, a, a woman doesn't uh, get their way in a political movement or caucus or, or, or party, or is is angry then they play the the woman card i mean julie bishop uh did that uh when she only got a mega i think nine votes in uh the the liberal leadership spill of uh, 2018 uh so it's yeah i mean julie bishop is a, is a mainstream uh politician so I wouldn't expect anything else from her. But for um, this person who's actually been working in the Liberal Democrats for several years, um, you would suspect that she is uh, quite comfortable in calling herself an individualist. And so now she's absolutely clutching at straws. Um, and to claim that she's being discriminated against, that's the biggest nonsense of all. N most people do not know that they've been discriminated against if it happens because it's illegal. And so nobody tells you. Chances are, if things haven't gone your way, it's not because you're an identity group, it's because you're crap. Well, back in 2018, uh, she was one of the organisers for the March for Men uh, in uh, Melbourne. It was uh, led by uh, independent uh, commentator Sydney Watson, but uh, Kirsty uh, di uh, uh, did uh, some of the promotional work and organised some of the speakers as part of one of the groups she was running at the time, the the Liberalists there. So uh, it was a men's rights uh, rally. Uh, so it was probably a bit of a piss take too, and uh, she was quite comfortable with that. So I I highly doubt that all of a sudden she's um, identified that women are being discriminated against and she can't take it anymore. And now going on to another minor party that wants to, well, uh, re uh, retake a presence in the, the, the federal parliament is the, the United uh, Australia Party. Uh, now, they did lose to high-profile supporters recently. Morgan Jonas of Reignite Democracy Australia uh, resigned as a candidate and Simeon Boykoff, uh, the Aussie Cossack, well, he... Uh, went his separate way from the United Australia Party uh, because uh, he, uh, well, Simeon Boykov is engaged in uh, pro-Russia activism, while uh, Craig Kelly, the United Australia Party leader, stands with, with Ukraine. Uh, but uh, their uh, party founder and chairman uh, might have uh, recovered their electoral fortunes with his uh, recovery uh, from uh, COVID, unvaccinated, and uh, using what is termed the controversial uh, treatments of uh, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Uh, so uh, he also had, what is it, double pneumonia. So he also had another uh, drug called uh, dexa, de dexamethasin. And he had uh, uh, some of uh, Trump's uh, uh, treatment team, uh, including Professor Thomas Barodi, uh, come in uh, as well. And Clive Palmer, he's a, a fat 67-year-old. Uh, and so the, what is that? The, the COVID narrative is that uh, he was supposed to, uh, if he was unvaccinated, uh, die. He wasn't supposed to get better with horse uh, dewormer. 
Yeah, uh, though he is a billionaire. What surprises yeah. me is that he tolerates being so fucking fat uh, when he's got billions of dollars. I would be straight off to pl- uh, the plastic surgeon to get all that stomach fat sucked out if I had that amount of money. He, I mean, you don't he need to prove it. that money is more important than looks. <laughs> he has sort of yo-yoed throughout the years from being very fat to sort of being uh less less fat he's always been a a a, a big guy um i, I don't think as i don't i don't know if it's what is it i'm not a what is that day what is that day what do you what do you call it a stomach stapler uh it, i i don't know if it's possible to basically you know for him to be surgically made uh skinny uh but it is but then you got to cut all the old skin off as well which is a little bit traumatic but i mean he's a billionaire oh we all saw uh what happened to to fat bastard at the end of the austin powers movie when he lost all the (laughs) excess skin um, paula bennett uh, who was uh, a deputy leader of the national party a few years ago was always a big girl um up until one summer where she got stomach stapling and she looks Fantastic, but she had had a shorter hairstyle, which is starting to grey. So she looked a bit like Frankenstein's mother as well, um, but still better than being fat. Well, it's, well, we've gone off on a on a side issue, but the 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 point is that uh, the at the the Gold Coast Hospital, the uh, the staff there said uh, you have to go on a ventilator if you want to have a chance at living. He didn't want to do that, and so took uh, this uh, cocktail of uh, controversial treatments. And he uh, says that if he didn't do that, he would have been uh, dead. So, I mean, yeah, we're just reporting the facts here. Yeah, well, talk about putting your your principles where your mouth is. Now on to uh, some, uh, what is it, uh, sex uh, scandals. Uh, we'll start off with uh, probably which is uh, something which is an overblown uh, sexual crisis, and that is apparently sexual harassment and uh, assault uh, are still prevalent on university campuses. So what is that? Uh, what is that? Uh, one in six uh, uh, who. Uh, one in six people who responded to uh, the uh, the national universities uh, surveys uh, said since starting university they had been sexually harassed. Uh, one in uh, one in twelve in the past twelve months. The breakdown of those who said they experienced sexual harassment in the past twelve months: ten uh, percent female, four uh, percent male, fifteen uh, percent transgender, and twenty-two percent non-binary. Yeah, I, I find that very, very hard to believe. Have you seen non-binary people? Nobody's harassing that. Well, they, 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 there tends to be more of them at university campuses, and uh, we know that at uh, based on previous uh, surveys, the definition of sexual harassment can include something such as unwanted staring. Yeah, and a whole lot of wishful thinking as well. But yeah, uh, you do make a good point there too. I mean, simply uh, making, uh, well, propositioning someone and having it declined could be considered sexual harassment because it's all um, from the point of view of the uh, quote, in quote, victim here. And uh, uh, that's like discrimination again. One in twenty. Uh, this is all self-reported. Uh, so, like, yep. not they didn't survey everybody who went to a university. It was a university student. It was a what is that? They sent out a like a to a sample, and then only some of them replied. So it's not it's not an accurate reflection. Uh, yeah, it's not sign. It's not a scientific poll. Uh, but so one in twenty claimed that they were sexually assaulted. Uh, since uh, uh, they started university, and uh, one in ninety said in the past uh, twelve months, so one percent, one point four percent of females, zero point eight percent of males, three point two percent of transgenders, and 
uh, 2.2% of non-binary. Yeah, well, I guess um, when you consider that it's not a huge amount of transgender people as opposed to male or female people, if you get a uh, just a you know a handful of those, it's going to be a much higher percentage as well. But the fact that it's an opt-in uh, survey rather than a scientific one suggests that it's going to be mainly populated by people who have an X, X to grind. And. Uh... As because there is such a prevalence as we're seeing with uh, uh, non-binary and uh, gender diverse uh, people at universities in Auckland, uh, there's a campaign for gender neutral toilets. Yeah, so the this group of Albany Senior High School students uh, finally um, achieved their goal of getting gender neutral toilets at this high school. Um, but I they're not actually all gender neutral people here. Yeah, they're they're um, actually just disabled toilets, which are going to be rebranded as gender neutral. So too bad if you're disabled. Though I would say that um, these people campaigning for the gender neutral toilets are retards anyway. So maybe it makes sense. But the problem is now they've been uh, encouraged by the small success, and they've decided to spread out their campaign. Uh, to making sure the Labour government's election pledges to put gender-neutral toilets in all schools is um, followed through upon. Of course, it's just absolute nonsense. You could just have single-stall toilets and not put any gender on them whatsoever. Um, that would be fine. I noticed that the the men's uh, for, uh, the the men's toilets at Federation Square. Well, they're the formerly men toilets now. They're what is it? Toilets with urinals now. That's how they're labelled. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I've never quite understood urinals anyway. Yeah. Why why do men want to piss in front of other men? Women don't do that. Uh, so now, maybe I'm misinformed. Uh, going to well, more serious, uh, well, uh, sexual uh, assault uh, scandals. The former uh, uh, New South Wales Minister for uh, Families and Child Services, uh, Gareth Ward, uh, has uh, been charged uh, by uh, New South Wales uh, Police of uh, over allegations of sexual abuse against a man and a 17-year-old boy dating back. Uh, several years. He's denied the the allegations. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on him to resign uh, from Parliament. Uh, so the the New South Wales Parliament, uh, they are moving to uh, suspend him. And, uh, well, they're looking at whether they can uh, withhold his uh, remuneration. Uh, so the Deputy Premier, Paul O'Toole, said separate legal advice being sort of what steps to restrict his pay and uh, entitlements. Now, of course, he's uh, innocent until uh, proven guilty, but uh, back in 2017, uh, he denied that he ordered a, a special massage uh, in uh, New York and claimed that he was blackmailed when two men arrived at his hotel room, began filming him uh, before demanding 1000 uh, US uh, dollars. That's a very bizarre story. And uh, then uh, what happened at the uh, beginning of March 2020, he was found naked and disoriented outside his Sydney unit. Uh, was he married? I don't believe so. No, he, he looks like he wouldn't be. Looks like he, he wouldn't he, be married. He's an albino, um, and he's <laughs> legally blind. I thought he looked a bit camp. <laughs> but uh, yeah, still, you know, uh, I I think innocent until proven guilty should still apply here. I mean, are they going to back pay him? Should he be found innocent afterwards? Probably not. Uh, because uh, he, what is it? He was uh, removed from the Liberal Party room when it was revealed he was under investigation. It seems that because the police have charged him like almost a year later, that, well, if they've got the evidence to charge him, then they must be certain of a conviction. So they're sort of treating him like he's already uh, convicted. 
well, police, uh, I can't imagine many situations in which the police uh, would lay charges unless they were confident of a conviction. And uh, also and this... Still found not guilty. Also this week we had the, uh, uh, the well, the former uh leader of the uh hillsong church uh brian houston uh stepped down uh from the the board after he he was uh, he resigned after it uh, came, came to light uh, that uh he uh, that uh, there was uh women two women who complained about his uh inappropriate uh, behavior he uh, he had already stepped aside as church leader to defend a criminal charge that he concealed his father, Frank Houston, or I believe he's the, the founder of the, the Hillsong Church. He concealed his father's child sex, sexual abuse. And the reason why it's got the photo of Scott Morrison there is because Scott Morrison invited uh, Brian Houston to be a guest at uh, the, the White House state dinner that Donald Trump uh uh, put on for him, but he uh, Brian Houston didn't pass the uh, the White House uh, vetting. And even though Scott Morrison attends a different Pentecostal church in uh, Sydney, uh, he has had a friendship over many years with Brian Houston. Was mentioned in Scott Morrison's maiden speech in uh, two thousand and seven. And Scott Morrison again, he's uh, what is it? Uh, well, uh, given more ammunition to those who say he's a pathological liar because he said he'd never been to Hillsong in 15 years, even though he uh, attended in 2019 to pray for, uh, I think, flood victims. Yeah, it's, uh, the number the number of um, sexual assault and rape claims being linked to Scott Morrison seem to be stacking up, don't they? Um, not that I would... Not that I'm suggesting there's um, anything to indicate that it's anything wrong with Scott Morrison, but it is uh, certainly a perception issue for him. Um, and so he's, he's also been caught out lying about not attending Hillsong. Yes. Uh, I don't know, what is it, how you can forget that uh, you went to... Uh, the, uh, Your friend's you churches. To... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he denied for about six months that he ever invited. Uh, well, he didn't deny, but he dodged the question about whether he uh, he invited Brian Houston to the White House uh, for six months. And there's no real need for him to do that because the allegations are that Houston has been inappropriate towards two uh, female uh, church attendees. Um, how many people would have known that anyway? In the church itself, probably less than a dozen. So he's actually just made himself look bad, needlessly um, distancing himself, I think. Now I've gone over time. I don't think we're going to have any more time for any other topics unless there's uh, any others that you definitely want to get off your chest. Um. Oh, well, I would just mention uh, this case in Ireland. Um, some people may uh, recall that um, abortion was illegal in Ireland up until just the last few years as a result of a referendum. Um, now, there was a woman who was scheduled to have an abortion and uh, was about to go into the clinic, but she received help from pro-life volunteers outside the abortion clinic um, and ended up keeping the baby because she realised she could get the financial support, et cetera, to make it um, more manageable for her. Uh, but now she's advocating for a bill that will stop um, pro-life activists from offering that help to anybody else who attends an abortion clinic, which I think is pretty crap. Um, that would be similar to what we've got in New yeah, Zealand it, now, it too. Is, where... And they're in most Australian states and territories now. That Yeah, it's called the, the safe access zones. That's the... Yeah, and I mean, if we have a look, um, I've sent you that link on Reddit, um, which shows a photo of a group of pro-life protesters. They're standing outside a shopping centre in Mount Eden, where there's a big uh, countdown there. Um, 
and you wouldn't know it were it not for uh, their constant presence, but they're actually uh, standing out across the road from an abortion clinic um, on Dominion Road. And all they actually do is stand there quietly with their sign, which um, offers to help people not have an abortion. But if you had a look at the comments on Reddit, you would think that these people were um, screaming abuse across the street or... Yeah, that's what they're uh, always used of, and that's always been the justification selling point for these exclusion zones. Uh, precisely. And um, I've driven past those processes probably over a hundred times living in Auckland and I've seen nothing but them just standing there quietly. Um, and, you know, sometimes people will go, oh, I don't like how mean anti-abortion protesters are, but, well, they think that you're killing babies. I've never seen, I've never, I've never seen any of the, any of these pro-life activists have anything other than profound compassion for, uh, even those women who did go through with an abortion and regretted it. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, I, I've seen nothing but um, just being passively standing there. And it's really for the woman having the abortion to approach them because it's they're not blocking any access or anything in, of the sort. So. Oh, it's your last chance to send through a question or a super chat. It's been great to finally uh, be back with you, uh, Stephen. Uh, yeah, on, and likewise. On uh, Trad Tasman Talk, and we'll have to get uh, Origin to uh, re-record the, the show uh, intro for, for when you're on. Uh, <laughs> we should do the, uh, redo the, the Wilms front uh intro and outro because it still says uh, the show's available on Rational Rise TV, which is, it's not. Well, if you need them, I know some fantastic theme songwriters. I'll get in contact with you if uh, that's uh, that's required for, for anything as well. So, and thank you everyone in the chat, uh, our regulars, Naughty Design, Hadron Anti-Bullying, Lady of uh, Shallot, and uh, Mar Margo, my producer, was there as as usual as well. Uh, so I'll be back on Monday for Tim's News Explosion, 8.30 p.m. Melbourne time on the, the Wilmstunt channels where I'll be doing a review of uh, Nick McKenzie's Nuzploitation uh, documentary, uh, or, or an expansion of his, what is it, 60 Minutes Nazis Next Door on stand called what is that, Nazis Amongst Us, So, which I assume he's hoping to win more awards for. So I'll provide a review of that, see if there's anything new with that, because, yeah, the mainstream media in Australia, uh, they uh, still produce numerous uh, programs on the, the, uh, the neo-Nazi uh, white nationalist supremacist uh, epidemic. Yeah, and you'd probably get a bigger numbers from one of those um, the left's going to take the streets back of Melbourne groups, which are just tiny. All right. Good night, everybody. Uh, enjoy your weekend, and I'll see you Monday. I'll see you in a couple of weeks, Stephen. Cheers. See you later. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk. To keep up with the latest real news and analysis from the Tasman Nations, visit theyoungshackles.net and rightminds.nz.